And we're back. So we're like, man, now I'm like reading this. I'm like, I'm thinking about how far we are in this movie. It's like, we're not far very long in describing it. No. So the guy that Mel, you know, blew away in the, in the fucking hallway there, they drag him inside. He's going through his wallet. He opens right. the ID, right? And this is where he gets identification. He sees the name of this random henchman guy. Yeah. He's, oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, that guy. That guy's part of this crew. All they do is these big jobs of art and blah, 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 blah. And like, okay. What? How do you know this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know how he knows this? Because he's got a guy downtown, his buddy, blah, 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 who's on the forest. Like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. His buddy in Rio Piedras or wherever. Uh, and he's like, oh, yeah. And then he works, but he, like, the, the guy he works for is the real psycho, John the Baptist. That guy, like, well, like, blah, 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 has done a million things. Like, yeah, super unnecessary exposition that like, like okay massive amounts of exposition about this whole crew and how badass they are it's like well we already know what okay yeah. who cares? Like, and the whole time he's like wandering around and he's like hacking up a lung but at the same time when troy uh his daughter was talking about it earlier he's like oh yeah he needs dialysis <laughs> i was like wait how many problems does this guy have like she's she only said that he needed dialysis uh, and he seems like he's dying from a lot of other things uh, and then he's like, yeah, whatever. Give me whatever those pills are. Oxy or whatever. I don't, I can't pronounce it. And I was like, Oxycontin and Oxycodone are not hard words to pronounce. And you'd think that if you depended on them every day, like. You'd know, know how to pronounce them. Yeah. I was so mad. I was so mad. Um, and and then this, on top of this, like, so we know this crew is art, big art guys uh, and big crew that's been running around, which by the way, now I think about it, it's like looking at some of these guys are pretty shaky. So it's like, how long have we been doing this? We'll get to one guy in particular. And, um, but also I don't think we know at this point that they're looking for art other than like, other than since the, the two of us figured out that that's what they were looking for. I didn't know when we were watching this, this is, I have a note here where I was like, wait, they're definitely looking for Nazi gold at this point. Right. Yeah. Assume, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. We don't know. Yeah. You don't know that they're looking for at this point. No. Like it's like, I, I, I guess like the beginning of the movie only makes sense if they're looking for art. And then this part of the movie, it's like not at all apparent. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Like I, I still just thought I was like, Oh, it's just a safe full of money. Fucking whatever. It doesn't matter. Right. Nazi gold. Um, I figured. And I also like, yeah, Mel Gibson's character, like, so rattles off all this exposition. And he says, he's like, yeah, my buddy downtown, whatever the fuck his name is, has been chasing them for a month. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. That doesn't, like, I don't know. Oh, they've been criminals for so long. Like, a whole like, month. That doesn't, that doesn't I mean, I, I, again, I'm not a detective. Like, I, I, we don't pretend to know facts about anything, but that just doesn't seem like a long time. Like someone tell Meg Gibson about the Zodiac killer. <laughs> <laughs> a month. Oh yeah, chasing, chasing for him for a whole month. A whole fucking month. Oh, the guy who shots two people in broad daylight in the middle of a bank. A whole month. Like you, like you know what he looks like. You have security footage. He walked right out. Like <laughs> you know his name is John the Baptist, which I guess isn't really his name, but <laughs> obviously. But still. Yeah, it's not, everything it is. It's not that big of an island. <laughs> no. And then it's like, all right, well, enough about the, the only interesting thing that happened so far. Let's cut to uh, Cardillo and Troy. <laughs> what do we got? 
Um, yeah. like, they're like, oh, enough, enough interesting things. Let's now talk about, uh, he's like, he's trying to get his gunshot wound sewn up with, with, right. um, and Troy is like, oh, um, yeah, like I, I, like, I knew this old lady, uh, or no, he doesn't have a gunshot wound yet, right? No, he doesn't have a gunshot wound, but he does have some wound. No, no, he's, he's got. He's like constantly wounded. I don't know. <laughs> Fuck him. Yeah. And they're bonding over this woman with mental health issues that they both know. He's like, yeah. He's like, oh, he's like, I had this crazy lady that did this thing to me uh, at a at a store, and she's like, oh, that crazy lady. I put stitches in her arm and like gave her these eye drops, and he's like, yeah, she wanted us to file a police report on you for giving her those eye drops, and we're like, wait, what? <laughs> What are you talking about? And then at the same time, the way they're having this conversation is very flirty. Like they're like, ooh, like <laughs> and, yeah. and then you put drops in her eyes. Like <laughs> weird. I literally had no idea what they were talking about. You got so much more. And I was like, I think they're just talking about some old lady with like I was like, is they talking about some old lady with mental issues? Yeah, like she, she needs help. I hope that I hope that one of them, one of them who's a who's a doctor and the other one who's a police officer, like I hope one of these two people who had whose responsibility is helping people yeah. uh, actually got the this woman the help that she needed. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> no way. Well, I I yeah, pretty messed up. I don't care for it. But yeah, it was like it was kind of like a weird, like, oh, you're this is your you're having your meet cute moment right here. Yep. <laughs> Yep. Gross. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> then we, oh man, then we jump. Yeah, we jump, jump into fecal transplants. <laughs> uh, so we go back to Mel Gibson. There's no easy, there's no easy transition to fecal transplant. You just, it just, you just, you just jump right to it. Yeah, you want to jump into it because, like, it's important. It saves a lot of lives. Like, it's a good thing. It's actually Tice's sister uh, works in this field. She's a microbiologist. Um, focus on poop. Yeah, yeah. Uh, super related to this. Um, it's like it's it's like really it's really good therapy for the people that it uh, that it works for. And so, so Mel Gibson is like he's railing on about all of his health problems. So he's with Pena. Uh, they're like in a little. I don't the, even know what room they're he, in. He went, oh, another, he went to another apartment to get drugs. Right. He went to. They went to the doctor's apartment. Yeah. the other doctor's apartment to get yeah. drugs uh, on their way to the ex-DEA agent's apartment to get guns. So they have right. like a multi, they're doing a little shopping trip. This apartment complex has everyone that you need and in, in the right situation. Yeah. Like I want to live in this building. Like it's yeah, got all the fun toys. You got Nazi art. You got a DEA agent with all the guns. And then you've got Janet doctors with all the drugs. Yeah, and Janet. Don't forget Janet. And Janet, a crazy uh, cat, cat. cat gator. Gator cat. Yeah, gator cat. Uh, so, like, so Mel Gibson starts railing about his health problems. He's like, oh, well, it doesn't matter anyway. I'm about to die regardless. I don't want to die in a hospital. Yeah, this movie's like, almost, almost over. I don't care. Yeah, he was, he was, like, he was like, yeah, my daughter, uh, she got me a hospital bed uh, for the crisis. But, like, if I go to a hospital, I'm never coming out. So... Uh, you know, let's not do the hospital. Like they said, I need something like a fecal transplant. You know what that is? It's exactly what it sounds like. They take someone else's poop and they put it into you. Then uh, why would you? If you, why would you? Why would you describe it? If it's, it sounds exactly like it sounds like. Yeah, and like also, it like really it works really well. Like it's about like regrowing your like like the correct gut bacteria and stuff. Like like it's 
So when yeah. he said, I had no idea that was a thing. I'll be honest. Like, I have no fuck. Like, I don't know anything. I don't, I don't know shit about anything, obviously. Yeah, it's okay. You don't need to. I don't know. But I, when he said this, I was like, what? Why? What? Now I'm distracted by this. I'm distracted from this entire movie about fecal transplants. I'm like, what? Yeah. And I was rattled about it for the opposite reason of being like, these are all super treatable things that Mel Gibson's complaining about. Like, it sounds like the, he could get himself fit. Like, he was like, he didn't say, he was like, oh, yeah, I have like bad lungs. And I was like, he didn't say he had lung cancer. Like, he just said bad lungs. What does that mean? Like, everything that he has, he sounds like he could just like go to the doctor and take care of himself and like yeah. he'd be totally fine. That's Makes funny. perfect sense. And then you're like, wait a second. And this is when he introduces, he's like, oh, yeah, now we're going to go to this DEA guy's house to get all these guns and i was like wait how many people he kind of made it sound like the guy was still there too where i was like wait how many people haven't left this building like you're hearing about like a new guy left and right who's like staying here being some kind of i don't know stubborn asshole this is when we come up on my favorite line in the whole movie yeah you said at the beginning so there our 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 hero cardillo who i still hate is in a hallway shows up meets a bad guy uh they have like a little standoff situation uh they're both pointing my first thought is, as a bad guy, yet again, just kill him. him. Yes. Kill him immediately. This yeah. isn't, like, I know they kept, I think they kept trying to keep, like, they wanted to, like, caption, be like, all right, where's the old guy? It's like, well, the apartment complex isn't that big. If you, you just shoot him, you know you're down to, like, like just a handful of people. You just now eliminate both cops. You'll find them. <laughs> you'll find them. Like, you'll get there. Yeah, ridiculous. Anyways. Instead, he's like, uh, all right, take your gun, uh, drop, it, like, drop it on the ground, drop it on the ground. And he's like, okay, now uh, uh, kick it towards me. Uh, okay. <laughs> You're like, okay, this is taking a lot of steps here. <laughs> uh, and then he like holds out his gun. He, he has another one that's like some kind of long gun. It looked like it maybe was an AR-15 or something. But he like holds it out in front of him with like a weird pistol grip. And I was like, why would you? Oh, yeah why would you hold the gun that way? And that's when he's like, tell me where, tell me where the old Nazi guy is. Uh, and then Cardillo goes, he's up my ass. Want to take his feet? And I was like, what kind of expression is that? <laughs> no he's, one has ever said that. <laughs> no one says that. And is like, that's a fucking cool line, man. Like what a weird thing to say. And then, but weirder, that's when, that's when our, our bad guy hero here goes, See si, por favor. And I was like, wait a second. Wait, don't what? say yes, please. Yeah. Like, like, they were like trying to do some kind of banter, uh, not working. <laughs> uh, and then asked, do you want to tickle his feet? Yeah. This guy in my butt, I want you to tickle his feet. And he's like, yes, please. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, and then, so yeah, he's like waving the gun around at arm's length weirdly which like you why would you ha- hold a long gun that way uh super easy to take away and obviously immediately cardillo like kicks him and like takes it away and like they have a little yeah. Yeah. He's, a, he's a new henchman that's all that's all there is to it yeah grow up and that's when uh our friend the boss's daughter uh arrives right yeah, yeah what does she do so uh she, nothing she, yeah no but she gets she gets her fucking ass kicked though and i was like i think she's dead <laughs> Yeah, well, she might have been dead. Guns kicked away, so now it's like it's it's henchman versus uh, Cardillo there, right? Brander kind of you know fighting a little bit. They're wrestling. Or they're wrestling, and then you know the boss's daughter comes in, and she just gets. I think she gets fucking lit up by this guy. And there's right, like which, one, one scene where he just like does like the fucking 
a thing to her chest. I was like, oh God, she's got to be dead now. Yeah, she's mangled for sure. Um, but it provides just enough of a distraction for Cardillo to be like, get in a couple of good shots. But yep. then they both end up mangled out on our favorite uh, like courtyard balcony porch yep. thing. Here. So now we get Cardillo and Henchman. They fall off the balcony. They land no, no, no. Before they fall on the balcony, why didn't the henchman just like stomp on Kate Bosworth's neck? Like, remember, he's like about to like stomp on her neck, and he like hesitates, and he's like, oh, I don't know. Oh no, I don't think I don't. So that I don't think that was a hesitation. I think it was just to show that like he was about to do it, but before he did it, Cardillo came in for the save. There wasn't hesitation. I think it was just like a show, like this is gonna happen. He had so much time; he could have killed her so easily. Yep, hundred percent. Uh, and then, so yeah, that's right. Cordillo tackles the guy. They go over the edge, and then they land in the middle of our courtyard, our little fucking area there. Yep. And then, right, the beginning of the movie, the it's opening 4 scene, PM, San Juan, four p.m. I'm like, guys, it's all coming together now. This is this is the climax. This is the end of the movie. This is when everything cool happens. That's what I thought. And then I I pressed up on my controller, and I saw that there were still like thirty five minutes left in the movie. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Why would you just bring us to this moment? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> meant nothing at all. Uh, so then, okay, here we are. I was like, great. I was like, well, there's so much more movie. Like, there's no, there's like, this is a random henchman. There's no, there's like the buildup to this whole thing. Like, you, you cut, you made this the big buildup in the beginning of the movie with so, Mel Gibson running around trying to like find a shot to shoot the, someone, right? Yeah, I think if I'm Johnny Screenwriter here, here I think the premise is uh, I set it up in the beginning uh, so that you think that Mel Gibson is doing this heroic thing in this super important scene. Uh, but then in the actual scene, like Mel Gibson is not the one who takes the shot. Mel Gibson, like they, like in the opening scene, they make it look like Mel Gibson's taking the shot. Mel Gibson doesn't take the shot. It's his daughter that takes the shot um, and like ends up getting the bad guy and also the good guy. <laughs> Yeah, because she shot him, and well, and she shot, shot him, him and, and, and she shot off. him. And Mel Gibson shot the bad guy. Right, exactly. Right, exactly. But she makes like the pivotal shot that makes them separate, so that Mel Gibson can get off the good shots. It's and the classic like, shoot, just shoot the victim, you know, don't kill them, and then, you know, it's a exactly. classic move. So yeah, so they made it out to be a whole thing, and it it didn't you know, land. I think like they were thinking like. And at this point, they had given none of Troy's backstory of, like, why is Troy way better with a gun than all the people who use guns constantly? Like, yeah. there's so many, like, cops and ex-cops in this situation and an old Nazi guy. You're like, presumably all these people shoot guns all the time. And Troy is better than all of them. Right. No doubt. The doctor. Yeah, which they, they explained later, kind of. They were just like, yeah, I shot a lot of turkeys, but <laughs> we'll get to it. Yeah, whatever. Uh... Oh, we still haven't gotten that far yet. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta move quickly here. Um, so yeah, so yeah, so then we'll we'll cut we'll cut to uh, we cut to Mel Gibson, Officer Pena, and they're like they're in the DEA guy's apartment where all the guns are, and you're like, oh okay, DEA guy's left like a smart person. He evacuated, right? Uh, they're like trying to. They're like, oh look at all these crazy guns. Then it cuts again quick back to Paul and uh, our hero not beef thief jason griffin uh <laughs> and they're having a moment where nazi guy is still holding pressure and taking care of him and they have a moment of like opening up to who they are right and jason's like wait a second 
it's Nazi gold, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and Paul's like, mm, maybe. Maybe, maybe there, there is Nazi gold. Yeah. It's like over like, or like he didn't speak much, but every time he did speak, it was like, man, there's so many Z's in all of your fucking words. <laughs> You're like, stop accusing the guy who's trying to help you right now. Like the only thing that's keeping Jason alive is this guy putting pressure on his leg wounds. And Which, he's like, stop. Stop calling him a Nazi. <laughs> Did we determine that like the leg wound was, was it like a, was it, a, I thought it was like his shin. It seemed real bad. Yeah. It's like his shin somewhere. No, wait, they said femur, I think. You can't die. Wrap it up. Fucking call it a day. Uh, dude, they said he was close to bleeding out. I think he like got close to his like carotid artery. I think it's like a, I think it was more of a femur type wound. I'm not believing anything. That, there's no, there's no fact in any of this, this movie. No, nothing. You're right. Nothing makes sense. It doesn't matter. <laughs> nothing matters. All right. So, so we're in then, the beef, beef department, Nazi. Yep. They're like, oh, so you're a Nazi, basically. I'm not a Nazi. Yep. And then we, there's a lot of bouncing back and forth here. So, like, I was going to jump to, like, so they have this conversation. They start opening up, like, Nazi old guy and, and, and uh, beef thief. And then we cut to now glasses guy, finally. Glasses guy? Who's glasses guy? Glasses guy who's doing the drilling on the safe. Oh, right. Henchman number four. <laughs> Literally the last guy. The last yeah. guy because the rest of them are dead because our the only boss guy who, fucking right. killed three of them and two of the other ones are dead. Right. The only guy who isn't David Zayas. <laughs> we have, we literally have, we, I think we have, we have David Zayas and we have two henchmen left. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So yeah, henchman number two, safe henchman. He's down there in this, at the safe, I think down in the basement of the bikes. It's starting to flood a little bit and he's literally, what looks like just like a fucking drill. Like just like a like a hand drill he bought at like Home Depot, and he's just like drilling into the safe. I mean, the idea I think is they think that there's at this point maybe this is another clue that they still haven't really made it clear to us. But like, if it like in retrospect, oh sure they're looking for art. They probably don't want to risk blowing up the art. Yeah, but it, like I. It makes sense when you think about it through the lens of the movie making sense, which it doesn't. <laughs> doesn't. And like also how much art is, what, I, I forget the days that well, they didn't, or that's right. They didn't say anything about art at all. They just said $55 million. That was it. No, no, no. That was, it's, it's a very specific painting. They're looking for. Uh, but did they say that yet? Yeah. Uh, no, not yet. Not yet. No, no, they didn't say that. But it, all, all he says is when they're down in the basement, doesn't David Zayas say this before? Like as they're getting into the safe, he's like, he says $55 million, I think. It's like, oh, there's something we're looking for. It's like we're looking for $55 million, basically. Oh, does he? I didn't catch that. It but, doesn't matter. Nothing makes sense. <laughs> so, in the Gator Cat. All right. Yeah. So then we cut back to our hero, Cardillo and uh, Troy, right? This is, when, this is when she talks about her being an expert marksman, which we're like, oh, good. Is this, when, is this when she's stitching him up because she shot him? Yes, exactly. Oh, okay. She's stitching him up because she shot him. They're like in a little scene. Uh, and then like she's trying to explain to us that she aimed between the bones in his leg. Like in a hurricane, from stories up, she's trying to tell us that she expertly threaded a bullet between his tibia and fibia. Was she, was she story? Oh, that's right. Cause she, he fell down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he, and Cardillo's like, Haha, lucky shot. And she goes, there was no luck there. And that's when I was like, wait, she's trying to tell us that he aimed between his bones. That's bonkers. Like, no, 
no way. And then tries to like preface it, like trying to like make it more realistic by being like, yeah, I had a lot of shooting experience. Uh, like back when it was uh, me and my dad growing up every Thanksgiving, we'd always get a ton of frozen turkeys, not for eating. Uh, yeah. We just shoot them. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? And then she's like, I got to pick the bullets out. Like that's where I got my first love of doctoring. I have so many questions with this like super problematic story. So there they are. The Boz's daughter is stitching up Hirsch. Right. Cardillo, whatever. Yep. yep. Um, and we get a little, an extra moment here, a little backstory. Now we get the story about Cardillo's. Well, this is the first time when I said, Oh, New York. <laughs> like I, I had no idea that we, <laughs> like this. It's the first time it's clear to me. Like, oh, these guys came from New York. <laughs> yeah, other than like, yeah, other than like the accents and everything. I was like, I think, I think everyone is from New York. Pretty yeah, sure. I, like, I think everyone's doing a bad New York accent, but I can't say for sure <laughs> until until they're like, oh, New York. Oh, okay, okay, perfect. Sure. Oh, okay. Whew, thank God. <laughs> So we go to him flashing back to like now what actually happened, right? The, the thing that like even fucking Mel Gibson's character knew about like grilling him on. It's like, okay, obviously we need to know what this is because it's important. Right. It's not really, it doesn't, no one, it doesn't matter at all. Um, it, it, yeah. it actually doesn't matter at all, does it? Nope. <laughs> now I'm thinking about it. Like it, it, it doesn't matter at all. Um, so he goes, his backstory is he's there. He's making it his girlfriend. He gets a call, right? Yep. He gets a call, like, on his, you know... Police radio. They're like, uh, attention, unit ABC, unit 123. 123, unit uh, YOU, you know, whatever. Like, yeah, come out. We got this thing to do. All right, so Peaky's like, all right, I got to go do this. And she's like, no, I don't do the call. He's like, I... a report of an active gunman. Report of an active gunman, that's right. And it was only four blocks away. And so he was like, I got to take this. Got to do it. And his um, girlfriend we, is also a cop, is also his partner. I was going to say, did we, well, we learned that earlier. Yeah, we, I mean, you can piece it all together, right? Because, like, yeah, yeah. I think they mentioned earlier. So his girlfriend uh, is, yeah, is his partner and is a cop. Right, which I was like, wait, she's a bad cop if she's like, no, don't go take care of that crime. Like, what? Because <laughs> like, she's sitting in the car being like, no, like, we shouldn't go take care of that crime. It's like literally your two cops, like, go take care of the crime. Anyways. So he go, they go, they drive there, they get there, right? Mm-hmm. And he gets out and he's like, I'm going to go take care of this. You just stay here. Right. Right? Yep. I'm not sure why. Like, you're both cops. Why wouldn't yeah. you go? Like, if, if there's like an active gun thing, it's like, and you're going to respond to this. And she's like, oh, he's like, don't call backup or something. Did he say that? Uh, no, he said call for backup. <laughs> oh, he did. Okay. Yeah. He said, stay here, call for backup. How about what makes more sense is if you're going to respond to this call and you have another officer with you, yeah, maybe she might be off duty, but it's like, all right, well, if you're going to respond to this, how about you just like, hey, we need backup up up, 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 here, and then the two of you go in together. Right. It wasn't like they were suited up. Like, he wasn't like all copped out, right? He was like... Nope, just in plain clothes. Like, he was off duty, for sure. Yeah, and she was too. Which then again, I'm kind of going back on my statements now being like, he was off duty. Maybe he shouldn't go respond to this. Uh, I don't know. Like, what do you do? Like, cops out there, email us. It's this meets that at gmail.com. Uh, <laughs> what would you do in that situation? <laughs> I mean, so, all right. So, the, yeah, I think, all right. So, they, he responds to it. They get there and. Right. So, he gets out and he's like, he's like, stay in the car, call for backup. 
I'm going to go inside. So he goes inside and he's like wandering down a hallway. We switch to like body cam kind of footage and yeah. we see the barrel of a gun peek out from a hallway around the corner. Yep. Now this is what I'm saying is the big problem here. Rather than like saying anything or like doing anything else, his first reaction is like, shoot. <laughs> and you're like, I get it. Seeing the barrel of the gun is scary, but like this seems like more of a problem with police training of like, maybe yeah. you don't, maybe you don't just shoot stuff. Yeah. Don't ready fire aim. Maybe just, you know, just in case. Just like, don't shoot and ask questions later. How about you just, you know. Yeah, like, wait this one out. We'll see what happens. Just, uh, you know, because or he, say, freeze. Or, you know, hey. Or. A lot of options. A lot of options. Yeah, say shoot. anything. Announce yourself. <laughs> Identify hey, yourself. Stop, police. Stop, police. I will shoot. Yeah. Lots of things you could do there. I don't want to backseat police, but. <laughs> right. So, Spoilers, long story short, he murders his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> long story short, uh, he, yeah, and that's why he's so depressed. Right, because he murdered his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> he murdered his And then, like, transferred to Puerto Rico. He's like, well, I guess I'll go be a cop in a place where they don't speak English. That'll help. So, but really, why is the girlfriend going into the building? So, I don't want to victim blame either, but, like, it's kind of her fault. Uh, it's a fucking stupid move. Like he did say, "Stay in the car, call for backup." Like, did he have a radio on him or anything like that? Or like, yeah, no, of did. course not. I oh wait, yes, he did. He did. He right. did because when he got there, he got to the main room. He's like, he called in. He, didn't he? I think he had. Yeah, he had his like. Well, that was when he bust down the door from the guy, and he's like, "Oh, like they didn't like you didn't reply to my noise complaint." So I nah. called in a fucking. Yeah, I called in an armed man, uh, armed person. Yeah. Also, it's a really fucked up story, and they're like flirting about like the way he's telling it. He's like, and then I like murdered my girlfriend. Yeah. Well, then that's the, he's, he's gone that's, now. <laughs> so, we, so we, I mean, we come back to like him getting stitched up by Kate Bosworth here, and like they're literally like flirting, and like a second later, all smiles, which they do quite a bit in this movie. It's just right. like what? It's like, and then they're joking about her not wanting to date a cop. It's like kissing her dad. Like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> so many, so many. So many red flags. <laughs> Just like, oh my god! All right, well, yeah. And then he, and then you, you have a note about this. But then he was like asking her out on a date, and then they're all laughing and joking, and she jokes about I want to date a cop, and then he's like jokingly asking her out on a date, right? A stitch removal date, yeah. Which becomes like some type of like, Haha, that's cute. Like, stitch me up. I'm, I'm real good at that. <laughs> Like, like, ew. What? Gross. <laughs> all right. So, so, yeah. All right. So, home we, stretch. Home stretch. Home stretch. We come back to uh, the DEA apartment here, the ex DEA guy. Yeah. Who's uh, not there? It hasn't been there, but we're in right. his apartment now. And you're like, why are they still gun shopping? Like, they're still like going around this guy's apartment being like, ooh, look at this ooh. one. Ooh, ooh, I could really use this like. Mac Mac Eleven, like, uh, and then and then, rightfully so, they get ambushed. <laughs> so when they get, so when they end this room, though, it's dark, right? Sure. And Gibson's got his just you know his whatever fucking mega gun he's got, his dirty hairy gun on him. And then lady cop there, uh, Pena, Pena. Yeah, Officer Pena. Yeah. Yeah, Officer Pena. She's got she's got one of the uh, she's got the bad guys gun. It's like 
all fucking decked out with scope and light and all flashlight and all this sort of shit. Yep. And she's literally just spinning in the room. And then yep. like random bad guy just like, got you fuckers. Classic bad guy sneaking up, causing where, trouble. Where did he come from and how did she not, what, what is she doing? I don't know. He came from the outside. <laughs> and then like, he, as soon as he, as soon as he rolls in there, he just like, they like, what, what do they do? They put like a, something to his face and he just starts like wildly pulling the trigger. Like they punched him or something, didn't they? Like, no, no. What happened was it's a tense moment. Okay? It's all a blur to me. Yeah. I'll, build, I'll build the suspense here for you. Cause we need to drag this out any more longer. Good. Perfect. So he's in there, he's like, he's got the gun pointed, and he's like, he's got the gun pointed at her, but he's eyeing Gibson. Gibson's got his gun, too. It's like, everyone's got their guns, right? Um, and he's eyeing her, you know, and he's eyeing him, blah, blah, And then, and Gibson's got the flashlight. Remember, he's got the fucking mega power flashlight in his hand? Mm-hmm, yep. And she's, and he's like, drop your gun. She drops the, you know, the fucking awesome bad guy gun. And then she's like, you know, he's like, get rid of the other one. So he's, she's going down and reaching down into her holster for her regular handgun on her side. It's real slow. And in that moment, he, the bad guy looks and Mel Gibson just flashes a flashlight in his eyes. And that's the moment where they have like a little quick little shootout round where like, I guess she pulls her gun and gets off a couple of shots and he just fucking unloads and doesn't hit her. She falls to the ground, not hit. Yep. And everyone's scrambling around. Bad guy and Gibson kind of, you know, go at it a little bit, right? Yep. And there's literally a million guns on every corner of this room, and it's taking forever for her to go get a gun, and she's got to go, and he trips her up. It's fucking stupid. Yep. <laughs> he picks up a gun. The window is shot out. Fucking tornadoes, hurricanes coming through. Winds are coming through. Yep. Gale force winds. I think that's a phrase. Uh, you know, blasting through. Yep, and this is and this is this when Mel Gibson goes, ah, fuck, they opened me apart. That's exactly what. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is it. Yeah, because he gets a couple shots. I think he takes a few shots here, doesn't he? Yeah, one. I think like one to his kidneys, which we know are failing. Yeah, he takes one through the through the fucking side of his fat gut, and then so yeah, then there. That's that, and then we cut back to Nazi and beef thief. Right, right, and that's where they're like. Uh, you know, this is when we get the full explainer on like, oh, well, my Nazi uh, dad, like, it's been in my family for generations of like my Nazi dad doing all kinds of stuff. Yep. And that's when we get a bunch of backstory on, on Jason Griffin. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, um, you know, I've been profiled before. Like the reason why Janet doesn't like cops is because back in presumably New York, I'm assuming everyone's from New York here. That's not from Puerto Rico. You just go with it. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. New York uh he's like back in new york uh like i got i got profiled and beat up by some cops and i sued the city and like blah blah, blah. he's like feels like dirty money though and i was like wait why like how like you you got a settlement for police brutality like yeah like that's that's good <laughs> like police brutality is bad like this is this is not a like you shouldn't have to feel bad about this right uh, and that's what made me the most mad because then he's like, yeah, I know like the Nazi Paul is like, yeah, I know what you mean. And you're like, wait, why are we equ equating like Nazi loot to a guy getting a police brutality settlement? Uh, it's like, it's, it, to me. it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a tight thread to, to <laughs> yeah, don't care. Do not care for it. 
but then finally, somebody, thank God, kills Mel Gibson. <laughs> thank God. Here we go. So, so we cut yeah. out of the, the beef deep Nazi guys, and we cut back to Mel Gibson getting stitched up by a lady cop. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm losing names. I'm losing names faster than, you know. Pena, Officer Pena. Thank you, Officer Pena. So she stitches him up. Then they're like, let's, I guess, go out back out there in this shit. And um, they get out there and they're crawling around. They're walking. Yeah, as soon as they get in the hallway, there's obviously... Literally, like, two seconds into the hallway. Yeah. There's obviously a bad guy, and then he just, like, starts open firing on everybody. It's it's the boss. Because the boss knows. Just fucking shoot people. If you're a bad guy, just shoot him and kill him, and then carry on with what you're doing. Like, they're not... Was it David Zayas? Okay. Yeah, it was. Like, remember, he just, like... Literally, as soon as he came around the corner, like, saw David Zayas, he just, like, opened up. It's like, yeah, that's what you do. You don't... That's not the person you need to worry about. Like a good yep. So boss man shoots first, ask questions later. Um, yeah, Mel Gibson getting stitched up, which you're like, or again, kind of, but like people leave him behind. He's in the hallway. He's down. I thought he was dead. Yeah. He's not dead, though. <laughs> no, not quite. You're like, man, he took a lot of shots. and was like, oh, it was a lot. Yeah, but then his daughter shows up, Troy, the doctor, thankfully. Well, just before that, though, we – so. Zayas and, and, and I think it was Glasses guy, they, they, they pop Mel Gibson quite a bit. So they go up and they, they grab Lady Cop and then they go off to another room. They head into Officer Pena. I can see you're shaking your head right now. Yeah, well, because he keeps saying Lady Cop. She's Officer Pena. <laughs> I know. Like, none of these, no one's name, and like, I'm not just picking her, but no one's name in this movie is like memorable. Like, memorable. Like, I've had to work really hard to remember their names. <laughs> yeah, and I don't like I don't know her as an actress, so it's like Emil Hirsch and Kate Bosworth and Mel Gibson. Like I'm literally calling by their like real names. So they grab Officer Pena and they disappear. Gibson's down on the ground, stairwell, whatever the fuck. And then we right. get the Boz fucking Carmelo, aka Emil. And they're like she's Mel Gibson is acting, I think, way worse. Uh, when he had one small gunshot wound, like remember how much he was complaining a few minutes ago when uh, Officer Pena was like stitching up, and he's like, "Oh God, I'm in so much pain." And now yeah. that he he's been shot like twenty times at this point, and he's like having full conversations with people. <laughs> That's true. He definitely took like five, six, seven, eight shots to like the upper body, shoulder. Right. And I was like, "Oh, he's definitely." I was like, "Well, at this point, I guess he's gonna live." They're kind of making it seem that way, and then. <laughs> And then, his, and then he just goes to his daughter, I got too many holes in me. <laughs> I was like, what a line. And I'm, and I'm mad because I wanted, I, I, I hate Mel Gibson as a character in this movie. Uh, I don't like Mel Gibson in general. Uh, and he like, I don't want him to get what he wanted. Like, this is what he wanted. He wanted to like die in battle uh, instead of like in a, in a hospital of old age, like he should. And it made me like, mad. Cause I was like, I don't, I, I don't want to root for Mel Gibson here. And like, also, we're treating him like a main character. He's had and will have, presumably, at most, 15 minutes of screen time in this movie. Yeah, he's, he's not a main character at all. Like, why, why does he get a death like a main character? Like, we, just, we linger on it. Is it just because it's Mel Gibson? Uh, well, I mean, let's, let's see. If it's Bruce Willis, would you say the same thing? It's like it's going to have a moment of him and, him and his daughter. Like, his daughter's right there. That's the only I reason think- why I think they give him more. I don't think we'd linger on Bruce Willis's death if Bruce Willis was in this movie. I you think, think his daughter's just like, all right, fuck it, dad, see ya. Yeah, I think she's like, all right, 
See you later. Hi. <laughs> I wanted Kate Bosworth to do that. Well, they had a moment. Whatever, I ignored it. All right, so <laughs> let's get out of this sappy shit, and then we right. jump right back. <laughs> right, so we got the we got Officer Pena, and she's Officer Pena, aka Lady Cop, kidnapped, kidnapped, tied up to a chair, boss man, very Dudley Do right, and. <laughs> I wonder if it's going to work out for our heroes. Um, i put you under the railroad. <laughs> the old railroad. Rah, I got you. You're tied up in a chair. Like, how long does it actually take to tie someone up to a chair? Like, I don't even know. I don't Precious minutes. Probably, right? So it's, we're down to the boss man and glasses guy because you always need a guy at the end with glasses. Safe right. guy. And this is when we get that other good line from the beginning uh, where we said, you know, Will you let me know how it feels to have a bullet go through your skin and into your brain? Uh, no, I can't because you shot me in the head. Right. Stupid. You can't let you know how it feels if you... And why is he hesitating to kill her? Like, why, yeah, again, yeah. like, he's been doing a good job so far this movie of just killing people randomly. Right. That's what you want. I'm anyway. glad this is when Adam Boy Charlie comes up again. They're doing a little radio signaling, trying to get in touch with uh, Cardillo. While they have Officer Pena as a captive, this is why they don't kill her immediately. They're trying to use her for leverage, yeah. which you're like, again, he just met her like a few hours ago, seemingly. I don't yeah. think he cares that much. Yeah, he wants to kill himself. How can you care about anyone else going to kill yourself? Yeah, and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, it's the eye of the storm because it stops raining. <laughs> well, which, by the way, like his idiot guy next to him was like, all of a sudden it's really nice out. And he's like, oh, storm has passed. Yeah. Like, I can't, I don't know. I couldn't facepalm hard enough. Like, it made me so mad of like, oh, it's the eye of the storm. You're like, well, of course, it, right at the climax of the movie. <laughs> this is the actual climax of the movie, not like the one we were led to believe would be the climax of the movie. Um, so there we are. We're in this room. Uh, so, Officer Pena is now, I think she got kicked over, right? She's on her back. And like, finally, the eye of the storm opens up. So that obviously means the radios work. Right, exactly. We get the Adam Boy Charlie uh, back up again, right? Yep. Um, and then uh, we have a conversation between our head villain there, boss man, David Zayas, and like, and what's his face, Cardillo. Is this when you get the and your father moment? Uh, I don't even remember. I think, I think no. this is this is when we finally find out that it's like they're after this Vincent Van Gogh poppy flowers uh, painting yes. specifically. That's Did worth $55 million. And this is when, so like for sure, uh, Nazi Paul and uh, Troy and Cardillo are together again. And that's when, and that's when Nazi Paul was like asking about Mel Gibson's status. <laughs> Remember that? When he's yeah. like, oh, and your father? And I was like, wait, why does this Nazi love Mel Gibson so much? Oh, wait a second. I get why Nazis love Mel Gibson so much. Oh. <laughs> well played. And then they like they then and then they, they again they keep just like cutting back and forth to a million things all at once. And so it's like it cuts back to Griffin and he's like sitting in the room there and he's he's still got this like gator wound and you're like, how is he not septic right now? Yeah. <laughs> like he's just sitting there like uh yeah. like he's, gator he's all, like uh this is this is when Troy is like this is when Cardillo is like, okay, Troy, go take care of Jason. Uh, I'm going to take care of Nazi Paul, and we're going we're gonna to get 
paying you free. And so that's when they split up again. So we've got, that's right. That's right. So then we got, we got Nazi Paul and we got, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nazi Paul Cardillo. Yep. They're going to liberate officer Pena. <laughs> yes. Uh, and we've got Jason Griffin with Troy Barrett. Uh, and that's it at this point. Yeah. And then we've got, well, and in the other room, we've got, uh, boss man, Guy with glasses, henchman, and then Officer right. Pena, a.k.a. Yeah, and yeah, Officer Pena. Yep, exactly. So what they're going to do, they've been given a five-minute counter. They got to go find the art or tell or show up with the art or tell them where the art is. So yep. Nazi Paul and Cardillo, a.k.a. Emil Hirsch, yep. on their way. And this is when they're like, they're on the, they're on the call over the walkie-talkies there. Yeah. And and david zayas is like it's like ah oh, that's so cliche like saying what we're all thinking of the this whole movie is a cliche piece of trash uh, <laughs> and it's like oh, that's so cliche so cliche so cliche <laughs> and then he goes and then he goes don't make the same mistake you made in new york yeah i know i know everything i'm john the baptist how do you know uh, yeah like how do you what? know what and then I was like, well, I guess he just read a newspaper. I don't know. Like cop cop kills partner. I sure I guess. <laughs> like, why would you care about that? How what? <laughs> like now you still have to describe your your main villain as being well read. Like, is that what that is? <laughs> <laughs> so confusing. I didn't understand anything. It's like the last 20 minutes of the movie and you're like trying to still build up your villain. It's like, no, you, you should be done with that in like the first two minutes you meet him. <laughs> right. And then, and that's when we get more, this is when we get more backstory on, on Paul. Yep. Um, and, and he's like, oh no, I'm not a Nazi. My dad was a Nazi. And I was like. Classic, I, classic blaming on the generation before, right? Yeah, I, was, I guess that's better. <laughs> like, <laughs> like <laughs> I was just a, a son of a Nazi who stored all this Nazi art. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess that I guess that's acceptable. I don't know. Like, what are we trying to say? Shouldn't you bring all that stuff to a museum if you're not a Nazi? Yeah, try and re- return it to its rightful owner. There's a lot of things you could There's try. There's a lot and do. of better options than being like, "Hey, my dad was a Nazi." No, yeah. that doesn't make it okay. Like, you can't set up this like C4 proof safe in the basement. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, what? Also, like at this point, I'm thinking. So this is when, like, uh, I think we're getting to it. But we, this is when we get to, um, we're almost about to see the paintings for the first time. And in my mind, I'm like, how are the paintings not ruined? Like everything in this building is already ruined. Like the hurricane has ravaged this building, flooded um, the basement. Right. It's a Category Five hurricane, apparently. And so, like, the basement is super flooded. All of the hallways are flooded. Uh, all of these criminals and heroes have broken a bunch of windows that have contributed to the flooding of this building. Like everything here is already ruined. How are there multi-million dollar paintings that are perfectly preserved? Yeah, <laughs> that's a good question. I didn't think about that aspect, but that's good. That's a very good one. Right. And then they're like, and then they're talking about uh, this is when they're, they're like trying to figure out how they get to the Nazi paintings well, so well, hold on, but is this so? This is where, but this is where uh, uh, Boycott and, and Nazi Paul show up at the door, like the apartment where where uh, Officer Payne is being held and the bad guys are, right? Yes, 
Uh, no, this is after that. I thought we were already after that. Oh. <laughs> I thought this is like when they're on their way to the Nazi paintings. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. With this, so they get to the apartment though, and then like they're walking down the hallway, and like they're all basically like all six of them are in the apartment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So this. All right. So yeah. Set a little. All right. So now we have this weird moment where Emil. Hirsch, the scene for our listeners. Yeah. Yeah. So like, the trap scene. So so uh, now we're at this point where okay we're having the big standoff, right? So it's like. I think they're in, are they in, they're in Nazi Paul's apartment, aren't they? The bad guy, Pena, and... and uh, I think so. I'm not sure. They have to, no, they definitely are because, no, 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 they, they're not. They're not. They're not. I take that back because they tell them where they are and then they, they guide them somewhere. Um, so boy cop, Nazi Paul show up. I remember they, I, this moment was so awesome. It was like, all right, so you got bad guy uh, holding the gun to partner's head who's laying on her back on the floor and then you got like glasses guy you know henchman there right yeah. and then they just pan over the doorway and it's like nazi paul and fucking him and boy cop standing in the doorway like really close to each other it's like could you not have could you figure this out a better shot because like this looks like a shitty sitcom entrance like hey guys it's nazi paul and fucking <laughs> it was so stupid looking hilarious it was fucking hilarious it was like a joke so then they they come in and like I think they lead them to another to the Nazi Paul's place. That's right, yeah, they definitely do because Nazi Paul's like, yeah, come to my place. I've got them all. Blah blah. They go to Nazi Paul's place, walking them around, and like they get into the place. So now we're we're talking about so they walk in this apartment and we've got Nazi Paul, we got boy cop, we got lady cop now who's up off the out of the chair. We have boss man and we have so we have five people right, henchman, <coughs> boss man, and then three you know good people right. We have yeah. five people now in this really small apartment and they're like, kind of like Nazi Paul's like leading them down this hallway and it's like, do they have a, like Nazi Paul and, and Boy Cop, did they come up with a plan? Like, are they going to, are they going to, do they have a plan in mind? Like, they didn't at all, by the way. Of course not. But it's like, hey, bad guy, like crowd management here. You have five people, right? Yeah. You get three people you need to worry about. Sure. You, you only need to worry about the only person that's important here is the old guy, right? Right. Well, right. Pr- presumably, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, no, you're right here. He's the one who's got all the art. Like, all right. So you have yet again another opportunity to do two things. One, shoot the two cops and be done and be like, old guy, where is the art? Or we're in your place. I guess we'll just fucking get in, <laughs> right? Or Option two is if you don't want to just shoot two cops and ratchet up your, you know, level four stars of Grand Theft Auto here. Yep. Just put the two cops in a chair in the living room and have the other guy fucking cover them. It was felt so weird. It was just so like you had five people all cramming down this hallway and they're all going in this little small room, this little secret room that Paul the Nazi had that has all the artwork in it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, none of it made sense. No. Uh, and the wait was, so this is where I'm confused. When did and how did Troy communicate with Cardillo? And she had to do like a was was she on the was it on the radio or something? When she was like, "Ooh, don't take the scaffolding." <laughs> like, remember she like tried to make that weird sexy line that like was very weird. I don't remember that at all because you got injured on scaffolding earlier. Yeah, it was pretty messed up. It, it was kind of a throwaway. And then I wrote poor Griffin right afterwards because poor Jason Griffin, because I think this is like right before she starts to take him to the flooded basement. 
Oh, I forgot about the whole scene. Ugh. Yeah, I tried to forget that part. Yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, we have to set that up, though, because, like, I don't Why did they leave that room? Unclear. <laughs> I think they were trying to, they're trying to, like, get to safety. <laughs> like, yeah, they were, like, he was, like, he was bleeding out. He was oh, that's right. Yeah, they're, like, we need to get him to a hospital. That's right. That's right. And they had a quick chat, and they were, like, they're going to make a move. And, it, and yeah, okay, that's right. Like, mm, don't take the scaffolding. Like, what? <laughs> Ew. Gross. Gross. Yeah. Come on. The two. Stop. Gross. Fucking serious situation right now. So we're at one minute to go, uh, which realistically is like twenty minutes in this movie. I, no, time means nothing anymore. No, and, and this is one minute to go in terms of uh, life threatening to Officer Pena, which we I, I jumped the gun a little bit earlier here. No pun intended there. I jumped the gun a little bit because I think we talked. I moved ahead. Yeah, it's okay. I forgive you. This movie's all fucking. It's all fucked up, man. It's very confusing. Yeah, and so the uh, David Zayas is like, uh, yeah, one minute to go until I start to shoot you. I guess because I'm going to take my time doing this. Um, and yeah, then they show up right on time. Uh, Nazi Paul is like Ray was the only person I trusted. <laughs> And he's like talking about how, like, why, like, where he uh, hid his Nazi treasures, um, because they're like, where, where all the, where's all the Nazi stuff? And he's like, oh, it's in, it's in, it's in Ray's apartment in the, in his weird locked room, mm-hmm. um, which apparently was his wife's art studio or his his wife. I don't know. Right. Remember at the beginning, kind of, uh, where we, when we first meet Mel Gibson and he's like, that's my wife's art studio. Don't go in there. Ugh. It's actually the Nazi art collection. Oh, that's the room they're going back to. I jumped the gun again. I fucking, that's stupid. I, saw, I heard him say that. I was like, is that really? Yep. <laughs> Ugh, this movie's making me fucking. It's making me furious. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm angered by this. Cause like, I remember, I remember hearing that. It's just like, uh, yeah, so then they so they get there and they're in Ray's apartment. Ray, the only person I trusted somehow. Like, like we know you don't have a wife. Right. I was gonna make another joke about how, like, of course the Mel Gibson is the only person the Nazi trusted. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so they so they go up to his art studio, uh, and then he's like, Look, these are all the paintings. And then and then David Zayas inexplicably shoots nazi paul <laughs> like, wait why would you do that made a huge mess destroyed a bunch of paintings <laughs> all right so i was all fucked up then like when i was i i fucking missed so when they with the room they the apartment they went to i got all turned around here so i gotta correct it whatever i'm gonna leave it all in but sure <laughs> the, where the nazi paul led them to was back to it was his Ray, apartment bell gibson's apartment yeah jesus fuck christ this movie's fucking stupid yeah it's awful it's not um, but then, like, uh, and, like, the wife's art. Do you think it's so stupid? Like, I'm, I feel like an idiot for like not catching that, but I feel like I'm just like this. Yeah, I think this is the sin of the movie is that I paid too much attention to it, and it, uh, I'm, I'm now a worse person because I watched this movie. Thanks. I for feel it. like I paid way more attention earlier on, and then like the last thirty minutes, I was like, I didn't pay attention at all because I was just like, I mean, I remember him saying like, oh, "That's my 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 wife's art studio." It's like, why would you call that out? Obviously, that's gonna be important later, and I completely just like fucking forgot about it because again everything in this movie just beats you over the head with this is going to be important later pay attention pay attention pay attention 
And I was like, I don't want to pay attention anymore. It's like, I'm dying right now. So yeah. there we are. Okay, so we're, we're in the Weiss Art Studio in, in Mel Gibson's apartment. Mel Gibson's dead. We got Emil Hirsch, a.k.a. Boy Cop. We got uh, Stephanie Kao, the uh, Lady Cop, uh, a.k.a. Yeah. Pena. We've got <laughs> Nazi Paul. We've got no, we don't have Nazi ball. This is no, Nazi no, ball. No, no, well, well, no, we have the gonna, corpse of Nazi ball. Well, I'm going to get built up to it. Like, yeah, we just talked about how Nazi ball got shot, but like, we got to build up to that because, like, it's kind of a, a, a key point where, like, there they are all in this room, and yeah, Nazi ball gets fucking his brain blown out, blown out, sure. and it literally splatters across like two paintings. Yeah, yeah, dumb. I would think that David Zayas's character there, Mister Art Guy, right, right, would have a little more respect for the art that he's stealing and the fact that like all these paintings are worth a lot of money. Yeah, I would think so too. Why would you just blast brains all over it? Yeah, add it to the list of things that don't make sense about this movie. So now we get to a crazy, this is where the moments go. It's all coming. I feel, I can feel everyone knowing what's going to happen because we've got this, just saying, gator cat. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Um, well, before that. So before that. Well, no, yeah, yeah before uh, that. I'm just, I'm just throwing. I'm, I am, I'm foreshadowing here. That's all. You know, uh, you're, you're heavy-handed foreshadowing, just like the movie does. Russ is like, "There's going to be a good thing in a minute." Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> foreshadowing, you guys. It's like watching a movie with like someone who, like, a really good movie with someone like that has seen the movie a million times. And you're watching it with someone for the first time. Like, this next wait, wait. Now this next part, it's so good. Just, just wait, just wait. <laughs> Uh, so also, this is when it starts raining again. <laughs> Important to the environment here. This is when it starts raining again. And you're like, I'm very confident that a Category 5 hurricane would be a thousand times worse than this. Like, there's some, like, oh, like, guys, the hurricane started up again. <laughs> yeah. I think this building would not exist anymore. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> nothing, nothing makes sense in the universe. Like, in universe, none of the rules apply. Nope. Not one bit. Yeah. So then, what you were setting us up for, go ahead. We're in the living room now. All the art from the hidden art, wife's art studio or is, is now moved to the living room. They got all stacked up, right? And there we are. All this artwork. And I forget which happens first. The removal of the cop uniform from, from cop boys. Man, that's second. All right. That's second. All right. So what happens is... Cardillo, right? Yeah. Pulls, like, so it's just him and, and Lady Cop left, right? And he pulls this ridiculous idea out of his head that he can trick the boss guy into thinking that all of this artwork that he, they just pulled out into the living room are decoys. Which is insane. Absolutely fucking insane. Like, like the whole premise of this movie rides on John the Baptist being uh meticulous like meticulous yeah. art collector who yeah. is like yeah very aware of all the details knows exactly how much everything is worth knows like all these famous paintings they literally built that up like the whole exposition from Mel gibson earlier like oh yeah a whole big cruel gap you know what they do they big art job guys yeah i got a guy down downtown who's been tracking him for the last month all right, right well a whole month right a whole month <laughs> and you're like why is he buying this decoy bullshit and yeah. And then we come to the hallway stalemate. Oh, right. 
That's right. So now I forgot. So, all right. So they're in the, they're in the living room. They're, they're doing this whole thing. Emil Hirsch has somehow pulled over this decoy thing with David Zayas villain. He's like, Oh, I guess we should look around. And he's like, yeah, there's other apartments with other artwork. Okay. <laughs> sure. And then we cut to, forgot about them, the Boz's daughter and uh, Beef Thief. Right. Jason Griffin. Yep. And they're standing there and they're both just looking at each other for way too long. Well, so they, well, they, so they're sneaking out. They went to this whole, we skipped all this because it was fucking stupid, but they're like underwater. I don't know right. the fuck why, but anyways, whatever, they're underwater and they come back, whatever, they escape and they're like, well, yeah, then they're like, if there's water coming in, there's a way of, there's a way out of this basement, which yeah, that's not sense. true. Yeah, it makes no fucking sense at all. Water is liquid. <laughs> And so, therefore, can move much easier through things than people can. It just it can actually get everywhere, kind of like sand. Um, yeah, so crazy how that happens. Crazy how that. Uh, so they they're making their way for the front door, which we recognize because that's where Super Louis got died. Right. Super Louis got died. R.I.P. Super Louis. Yeah, got dead, got killed. Um, and they get to there and like, oh, we're gonna make it. We at least can get out, and there's there's a there's one last henchman left. The last, yeah, right. This final girl of henchmen. <laughs> the final girl of henchmen, and man, is he shaky! Terrible. It might be his first time, his first job, probably. And maybe he's a he's definitely a rookie. He's like doesn't know what's going on. Like, what do I do? Yep. Uh, I think when in doubt, if you're a henchman, you just and you're you're not sure what to do. You just you just you just shoot. Again, if I was a super villain, this is how I would train my henchmen. I'd be like, hey, if you're unsure what to do, kill most people. Yeah, you're guarding a door, and two random people just show up, just shoot them. Yeah, like we they can't be that important. Just kill them. It's fine. Just kill them, and and we can move on with our lives. Like we can finish what we're here for. Done. Done. So I'm going to chalk this up for like poor onboarding, poor training, you know, like a lot of these henchmen just were poorly trained. Like couldn't agree more. And that, I mean, that leads us into, so we're talking about like, we're talking about not just at this point, uh, Poppy Fields there, little Vincent Van Gogh action. We're talking, we're talking the concert, Johannes Vermeer. That's a $200 million painting. All of a sudden, He's like, oh, wait a second. Uh, I didn't know that the, that was the thing that was here. They're back in um, the they're back in Jason Griffin's apartment, right, where yeah. Janet's hiding out, uh, and they see the concert. So the concert, you, this is where you threw it in there, a little uh, Boston, uh, Boston shout out. A little bit. Your boy, uh, yeah, Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum. Uh, and... Yeah, this is this like this painting, this particular painting is the premise of so many things. In so many things. Like it's the concert is like it's like it's like the most well-known art heist in the world at this point, I think. Yes. Right? Yeah. You're like, "Oh no, it's just in Jason Griffin's apartment." <laughs> down fucking down in San Juan. Yeah, down in San Juan, it's like a $200 million painting just like in this guy's apartment. It's cool. Uh, that's where the, the Nazi has been hiding it this whole time in Jason's, bar, Jason's apartment. Oh. And 
And then this is one thing that I was hoping you could explain to me. Uh, at some point, David Zayas is like, that sucks. When he like finds out, when he's like talking about the, the painting being here, he's like, oh yeah, the concert, that sucks. And then I was like, wait, why? <laughs> like, Maybe it was like a, that sucks that this is, this is the reason why it's here or like it sucks that the, like what? Oh, yeah. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. But either way, I, I don't know. I wasn't happy about it. And then I was like, this guy's a good art thief. Like he knows his stuff. I don't want him to die. Like, I don't want Janet to eat him. I'm kind of rooting still for David Zayas at this point because I still hate Emil Hirsch's character, Card- Cardillo. He's yeah. awful. Yeah. And the fact that he, like, he literally was like, he called out, like, the piece being an Isabella Stewart Gardner purchase and was like, all right, you know your shit. Yeah. How He's- did you get conned by a shitty desk cop who shot his own girlfriend to thinking that these were all decoys in the fucking yeah he's the hero we all need oh god and then we and then we cut back stupidly to the basement the flooded basement and i'm like i'm so bored of this swimming escape i don't even think you had any notes on it because it's so boring well we already we already jumped past we already jumped to the word the stalemate no no dude they cut it they cut back to it again i think you blocked it out (laughs) Wait, we just but we talked about literally, but we skipped it. We talked about we may have done it, but we skipped all that and we jumped right to the stalemate in the hallway. Yeah, no, no. And I'm saying after that, they still brought it back again. Like they're back in the basement again. Do you remember this? Like right oh, after. Oh no, you're right. You're right. You're right. Because like, oh, oh, hold on. You're right. Because like, there's that point where like. <laughs> yes. That's what I'm saying. Black, <laughs> you blocked it out because it's terrible. <laughs> That's right. I forgot. So they had this moment where, like, there's a stalemate. All right. So we get, all right. So we get, let's reset this, right? All right. So we got everyone else up there in the fucking, in the, the art room, whatever. Fuck them, right? We got yeah. Kate Bosworth and we got uh, the beef thief, Jason Griffin, right? Yeah. And then we got random henchman fucking number seven. Henchman number four, right? Seven, four, whatever, five, whatever. He's left over guarding the front door. That makes sense. Leave a guy guarding the front door. Yep. During a hurricane when no one's fucking around. Uh, all right, so they have this moment, and Kate Bosworth, we didn't mention this, has got Emile Hirsch's gun, Cardillo's right. gun, right? Remember, he hands it to her, like, way, you know, beyond. So they're sitting there, and he, she's holding up fucking uh, Beef Thief, and she just holds up the gun to the guy who's got this fucking what, very powerful gun. You don't really need to be all that accurate because, like, it shoots more bullets to make you more accurate type of gun. You know what I mean? Sure. It's like... I don't need to shoot one shot. I can shoot a thousand and be super inaccurate, but I'll still hit my target type of gun, right? Totally, yeah. That's how I see those guns. And he's there's a little shaky, little you know deer leg thing going on there, uh, you know baby deer leg thing. Uh, but whatever, man, you got it pointed. You're you're ready. Just, you get two options right now. One, we're coming back to the training thing. Just just shoot him and be done. Bosworth gets her gun up, so now we're doing a little you know a little showdown. And. They're probably what, like 10, 15 feet from each other, maybe 20 feet from each other. Probably, yeah. And I don't know, I forgot who shot first. Everyone fucking misses. Uh-huh. Like, everyone misses. And fucking automatic rifle guy is just like, and completely doesn't hit them. And they literally just like run, exits, <laughs> exit stage left. Yep. I'm so bored of the swimming escaped. I hate it. Yeah. Ugh, and they're back in the water and like escaping again. That's right. I forgot all about that. But I think it was important to know that like this guy, yet again, bad training. More, you know, just like. 
Yep. And uh, yeah, so it's it equals Troy and Jason getting out. They're out now. Yes. They're out. So cycle back to Jason's apartment where yep. Janet Janet's still hanging out. They're doing the art stuff. Yep. Uh, and then this is the moment we've all been waiting for. Oh, boy. The whole movie. What is this goddamn pet? How do we possibly know what it is? It's Chekhov's cat. It's I, the whole I, time. Yep. Like, why would you point this out so many times if it wasn't going to be important? That cat should go off later on. Yep. Uh, and it boy does it ever. Oh, boy. <laughs> does it so uh yeah so our villains are maimed uh, and by maimed i mean i think murdered uh well, so what happens is like so there's a lead up here where um yet again so we'll, we'll get this, this is a whole setup here because like remember all these things all these things are building up right now so we're back in beef thief's apartment right with the crazy cat yep crazy cat attacks cops Right. Oh, right. Sorry, we skipped the whole mention, part. We, we forgot to mention. We forgot to mention that uh, part of Cardillo, Cardillo's scheme was like, "Hey, these are all blah blah." The uh, decoys, decoys, and then I think it was Boss Man was just like, "Oh yeah, give me your, give me your, give me your your uniform or something like that." I don't know why. Because they, because they well because they were gonna take the cop van. They were like, "Give us the cop van. We'll take your uniforms, and we're out of here." And he was we like. Can, Wait that's a second, right. these are decoys. And he was like, Oh, oh that's right. Okay. Yep. Like what I what like what he's doing right now. It's a decoy. That's right. So they were gonna take the van, he's gonna wear the, the police thing. No one is around, by the way. Like the entire place is evacuated. So why do you need Right. Just throwing it out there. Just, there's no extra there's no there's no backup police coming. No, just take his keys, shoot the two of them, load the art in the van, and drive away. Yeah, I don't know. Drive to drive to Cuba. Uh, so that's the other thing too. So what's <laughs> yeah? What's what's the plan here? So you're on your. I mean, you're on an island, right? You're on an island that is being ravaged by a, a, a fucking Category Five hurricane. Yeah, say what you will, but one of the major benefits of doing crimes in the mainland United States is uh, access to so many other states. <laughs> you have an out. <laughs> you literally have to go find a bunker. Well, you, I mean, you take you take a private plane, of course. Yeah, but you wouldn't take a private plane in the fucking middle of a hurricane. Fire. Like, well, why wouldn't you at this point? I mean, they've been everything else been doing is so stupid. Why wouldn't they do that? <laughs> Nothing makes sense anymore. Nothing makes any sense. So, all right. So, then we, uh, so then we get to the. So point it's over. Where, then it's like it's over. <laughs> well, no, well, not yet. So, bad guy, main bad guy there, David Zayas. He's wearing Emil Hirsch's, uh, uh, you know, boy cops jersey, cop jersey. We all right. see this is going right. Cop jersey? Is it what you call shirts? Is jerseys? What I call it? I don't know. Yeah. He's part, like part of a team. You wear a jersey. Uniform. It's his shirt. The upper half of his uniform. Yeah. Cop shirt. Yeah. It's cop jersey. Cop jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. So he's wearing his cop jersey. Yeah. And, and Emilio Hirsch is not. And he goes to open the closet where Janet, aka this terrifying cat, is. Mm-hmm. Full well knowing. Do you want to do it? Full well knowing. Oh, full well knowing that this cat's going to attack someone wearing a cop jersey. Yeah, the best actor in this movie, David Zayas. Opens the door. I'm really sad if it's Zayas and the whole time we've been saying David Zayas. Shout out to David Zayas or Zayas. Yeah. I apologize. 
So then, like, he opens the door and he's like, all the art's right there. It's fine. I can fix that later. Yeah, fix that in post. So Emil Hirsch opens the door and he's like, oh, he brushed the arts right down there. And it's like this dark, unlit closet space. Right, where art lives. Tiger Cat just jumps out of nowhere and tears off David Zayas. Well, we don't see this, but he just wow. attacks him. And then they pan out and there's like a bunch of gunshots. And somehow Emil Hirsch, a.k.a. Cardillo, a.k.a. Man Cop, Boy Cop, lives. Yeah, this is what I think one of the things I'm most upset about is because like, we spent so long in this movie trying to justify the rating. Like there was so much unnecessarily unnecessary violence and swearing mm-hmm. that it was like, why wouldn't you show us the unnecessary violence at the end of like, I want to see this cat eat these people. Yeah. And nope. Cause that's the not C- in the $23 million budget. I was going to say, I guess the CG might be expensive for that, but. Oh, hundred percent. It would look so bad too. I mean, it already looked bad too. You saw the thing jump out and you're like, what? What? Yeah, oh, I mean, and that's totally why they did the way they did because that way it didn't look so bad. It was like, oh, just this shadow, this cat-shaped shadow. So that's it. We're yeah, well, well. There's it. well, that's the end of like the main threat, right? And okay, everyone's okay, and it goes to black, and we cut to uh, a news channel. I think first, right? The news. Yep, they're oh. like, hurricane disaster destroyed all of Puerto Rico. Absolutely fucking terrible. Wildly insensitive. <laughs> Wildly insensitive. Like, this was like the part where it's like, we talked about this, like, all right. And like, a lot of people had this problem, like, placing this movie in Puerto Rico during a hurricane in 2020. It's like, yeah, this is a little, yeah. a little touchy. And not only that, it's like the Puerto Ricans are the villains and the the heroes are the, on, are the only white people in the movie. Like, it, I don't know. It's a little, yeah, it's a little... Something, something doesn't feel quite right. Yeah, it's a little, yeah, a little, a little off. No, like, well, we'll get into it. So we'll finish the movie here. So you get this newscast saying, like, yeah, Puerto Rico is destroyed, breaking news. Like, literally just being like, yeah, it's, everything's terrible. And then we pan down and we're in a hospital and we see the beef thief, a.k.a. Jason Griffin, in a hospital bed. And then we see the Boz's daughter come in, Kate yep. Bosworth. She's alive, obviously. They survived. She, they got out together. She's a doctor. She's taking care of his needs, right? Yep. Um, and they were like, yeah, Hurricane pretty much destroyed everything. And we're like, okay, we're right back to this. And then the two why cops. Are they, why are they friends? Like, out of the blue, like, she's, she, she, like, comes in and she's like, Oh, like, well, uh, you know, doctor says the prognosis looks good, wink. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, what? Like, wait a second. And then, and then, uh, all our other anti heroes here, Cardillo and Officer Pena, show up and they're like, uh, excuse me, sir, we've got to ask you some questions. <laughs> like, they're all just having like a grand old time now. And I was like, wait, why, how, why are they friends? Like, what, what bonded them this? traumatic nightmare that they all just went through presumably not that long ago (laughs) no like no it was like yesterday yeah i don't know and like and then you get uh you get cardillo going "Mm," like pena's like how did you not pena sorry um jason griffin is like how did you guys get out of there and he's like well i fed your cat while you were out (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ, dude. Like, wait, like, what? Now I get that joke. He's like, yeah, I fed your cat to the bad guys. 
Right. And also like, have you, have you fed him since then? Like, where is Janet? What happened to Janet? I'm curious. I'm curious. I'm concerned about Janet. I'm super concerned about Janet. And then they have like that whole weird, uncomfortable uh, flirting between Cardillo and Troy where they're like, he's like, Oh, will you take my stitches out? And she's like, not here. And he's like, well, why not here? Yeah. My place of work. And he's like, "Mm, are you sure? (laughs) Sexy place of work. <laughs> I was like, "What?" And meanwhile, like they they still have. I'm gonna stop using the word literally. They still have the TV in the background, like sitting there, being like, "Yeah, they're like Puerto Rico in shambles." In shambles. It's like uh, there's no hospitals actually standing. No one is like alive. Like what? No hell? power in Greater San Juan, but <laughs> I think like let's finish it and then we can have some commentary. But all right, so. That's how basically the movie, well, it doesn't totally end there. So, not, all right. Yeah, that's not how it ends. Not how it ends. Go ahead. Yeah. The real end is uh, somehow Cardillo yeah. goes, oh, by the way, got something for you. And then he just walks away, which is weird. Yeah. Uh, and then and then Officer Pena like opens up the curtain here on a painting. Yeah. And you're like, wait a second. That's the concert. That's the, is the like the... <laughs> One of the most famous paintings in the world, worth again like two hundred and fifty million dollars, possibly. Like, in the, the last line of the movie is, "Now I got to figure out how to sell this shit." <laughs> You're like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> you uh, a hard rock, like hard rock music, as he says that, fade out. Boom. Yeah, the song is unbelievable, and I I don't understand. Yeah, so we there's we I think we have a little more to talk about post here. So that's the movie. Uh, that's a wrap of the movie itself. That ending is unfucking real. Like the ending alone is like the ending to me set it up. I was like, oh, this like this setup is for the movie I wanted to watch. <laughs> like, like oh, okay. Now I'm like, wait a second. This this gonna be some kind of selling of some sketchy art and like I like that's the movie I wanted to see was whatever the sequel might be. Yeah. Yeah. Now let's talk about Jacob Bunton. All right. So the movie ends and as Jason Jason Griffin Griffin. is in the hospital bed and they reveal the concert painting to him, which is mind blowing. Mind blowing as to why they're like, yeah, here you go. Like why are these like random cops giving this guy $200 million? (laughs) (laughs) Like what? Like, was he the hero? Was he the main character the entire time? Are they trying to pay him off or something? Like, did they do something sketch? I mean, I know they did a lot of things that were definitely not by the books, but... I mean, are we missing something like the opening with like the old lady? Like, oh, we're all Nazis. Like, are we missing something here? I, yeah, I think the message is we're all Nazis in the end. Right? <laughs> I don't know. So, so he says he's like, shit. Now I got to figure out how to sell this thing. He doesn't say shit, but that would probably been better. But and as he says this, all of a sudden, like this fucking crazy rock, like clap, like nineteen eighties, right? Rock kicks in, right? Music kicks in. It's like yeah. this is a weird choice of music for to end this movie on. Yeah, well, it's not. It's a weird choice until you get two minutes into the song, and then it's like, and it hit me like a hurricane. <laughs> and you're like, okay, I don't want this anymore. And then it's like, wow, this is wildly inappropriate song. Hit me like a hurricane. 
<laughs> like, like literally this song stop. Is called, this song is called Hurricane and it was written for this movie by our boy Jacob Bunton. Jacob Bunton. So this is going to be a little extra addition to this to, to this episode here cuz we need to know a lot about Jacob Bunton. We'll talk about it a little a little bit here but so yeah, welcome one, to it's this meets that plus support us on Patreon. If you can email us at it's this meets that at gmail.com. Yeah. All that shit. Email us money. Email us money, please. Yeah. Bitcoin, whatever. Whatever the fuck you want. Same ham sandwiches. We'll take those too. So Jacob Bunn, right? He writes, I was like, I was so enthralled by this song. It took me so out of, it. I was like, what the fuck? Why is this like a, like an eighties, like metals, like shitty, cheesy song on right now. Sure. And I was like, I need to know what the song is. Did some Googling, did some digging, written for the movie. It's called Hurricane, which is wildly just not, I think, appropriate of a song to write about a oh, movie. Yeah. Terrible. No, awful. And also the song is just kind of awful. You know, the song itself is just fucking terrible. It's like... Yeah. Jacob, but Jacob Bunting, uh, Bunton, Emmy Award winning. Emmy award winning like pull up his pull up his credits here i know you have them i got him right here he's worked for mariah carey steven tyler Smokey robinson akon the doors like unbelievable i don't know in addition bun is also the vocalist for former guns and roses drummer steven adler's rock band adler and the rock band lineup yeah which is weird I'm so so we got a little kick. So before we start this whole thing, we d- we dig through all this stuff and like whatever we're we're terrible at facts, but we dig through for this you stuff. for you the fans. You're welcome. He, but see, so look at all this. Like all these movies, like Gotti, X Men, Dark Phoenix, music department. That doesn't mean he was like. That's not. Yeah. Anyways, so we got a bit of a kick here because like who who wrote this song? One, why does this song exist? Two, why does it sound like this? Why three? Who wrote this? Right. And we do some, you know, internet saluting here. Uh, and I think the biggest concern we have right now is the biggest question. And Jacob, if you're listening, how old are you? We can't find out. It's impossible. Like, we, know, we know he's 6'5". He's, he's tall. He's 6'5". He's a tall, lanky guy. And we just like, there's no evidence on the internet about, like, even an idea. He looks cool. I want to hang out with him. Like he looks like he he's a rock star for sure. I don't want to hang out. No, we'd have fun with this guy. He looks like a good time. Yeah, we probably would. Um, I just don't like. Is that Randy don't... Jackson? Yeah. Um, so th- we. I'm just curious how old he is because he looks like he's turning into an alien. I think. I don't know. I like. I think he's been an alien the whole time. Anyways, Jacob, you're out there. Talk to us. Yeah, Jacob Bunton. When you listen to this. Hey, we respect you. <laughs> Dude, I'm just like, I want to know more. Send us an email. It's this meets that at gmail.com. Fucking reach out to us. Talk to us. Just do something. Yeah. All of our listeners, Brady. So I don't know. I'm curious. I just want to see where, where people, how they land where they are. That's all. Yeah. He looks cool. He's got a good look. He, yeah, he definitely does. He's way cooler than the two of us. For sure. No doubt. Yeah, but I think that's uh, I think that's that's a uh, I think that's a wrap. I think that's it. Uh, force of nature. You you've been you've been podcasted. You yeah, or, I was gonna say I don't know, like blend. I don't know. Would, would, do we have a phrase? We should do. We should have like a thing like we say the name of the movie and be like, "Hey, force of nature. You've been." Oh yeah, that's a good. You've idea. been. It's this meet, meets that. 
Man, I don't love it. That I don't either. That's not gonna work. We'll work on it. Yeah, we'll work on it. In the meantime, email us at it's this meets that at gmail.com. Uh or don't go to our website, it's this meets that dot com. Uh yeah, you probably have other things, better things to look at and do. Sure. Most likely. Right. Uh but yeah. Uh have a good one.